Get ready to hear something good about cannabis. Nurse Heather brings her eternal optimism and professional expertise to the stories of the day, discussing current topics and events, making life's lemons into sweet lemonade, and sharing a tall glass with guests, friends, and her listeners. CannabisRadio.com is happy to present Good News with Nurse Heather, the show infused with compassion and love. From high atop the Rocky Mountains in beautiful Denver, Colorado, the Mile High City, welcome to Good News with Cannabis Nurse Heather. This is Canna Kenny, and we're broadcasting live from the Mile High City, the epicenter of medical and legal marijuana, with your beautiful hostess, Cannabis Nurse Heather, who is a medical director from the Santa Fe Dispensary Sacred Garden and one of the national and international luminaries in the field of cannabis medicine. And today, listeners, we have a very special treat in store for you. We have indeed a very much luminary in the world of cannabis medicine, an important player in the world today, Dr. Sue Sisley, who is a medical doctor in psychiatry and who has in a breakthrough, been able to get the approvals necessary to be able to study the effects of cannabis on, on PTSD. All right. So what do you think, Nurse Heather? We have Dr. Cicely with us today. I'm so excited, Canna Kinney. You know how much I love Dr. Sue Cicely. It's a pleasure to share the air with you all for the next few minutes. I would actually like to just take a moment to give a little gratitude because I'd like to do that at the beginning of these shows for the freedoms we enjoy as citizens of the United States of America. I like to give thanks to all the servicemen and women who valiantly train, work, and fight to protect our freedoms and our nation. Wouldn't you, Kenny? Absolutely. And that's what kind of unites us, Nurse Heather, is because... That's exactly what Dr. Sisley has done. She's been waging the battle to, on behalf of veterans, just like we have, to make sure that the appropriate research is done to determine the effects, as we know, from, for cannabis as it relates to PTSD. Thank you, Canna Kenny. I know you have something to say about that, Sue Sisley. Do you want to chime in for a minute? Yeah, well, I'm just thrilled to be here and surrounded by my good friends who, you know, kindred spirits who... We all share a devotion to the the veteran community, and I'm just I'm so excited to be here to talk about kind of the saga we've gone through to try to get this PTSD research underway and all the support we've got from these two lovely people here. Yourself and Ken and I, we've we've been fighting the good fight together on, from different angles for years now in Arizona. And we've really raised awareness and increased understanding. And and quite frankly, we've been demanding positive change regarding mental health. So for our listeners who are not aware, Dr. Cicely is only the second researcher in a decade to go through in the approval process to be able to study the beneficial effects of cannabis medicine. And Sue, without going through all of the, you've been on CNN We've been on weed wars with Sanjay Gupta, and the story has been told already. But in a nutshell, if you could just tell our listeners a little bit of the background of some of the trials and tribulations you faced, and to the point now where the state of Colorado has actually granted you $2 million for the study. Yeah, it's been quite an odyssey. I tell you, I never expected when we submitted the original study design to the FDA back in 2010 that we'd be here five years later still unable to implement this research. And all we wanted to do was study 76 military veterans with PTSD, looking at four different strains of whole plant marijuana. But that was the problem because we dared to say we wanted to study 
both safety and efficacy in the same trial. That's where all the blockades began because, you know, like Kenny said, in this country, if you, if you want to study marijuana, the only thing you're really allowed to study is the harmful side. If we call them safety studies, looking at the bad side effects and the addiction potential of marijuana. But if you dare say you want to study the effectiveness of marijuana in treating a certain illness, those are the studies that get stymied for years. And that's why there are very few scientists that even want to embark on this work until these barriers are torn down. So we were really lucky that, you know, folks like Heather and Kenny and, and other um, good, you know, devoted supporters in the veterans community and around the medical marijuana industry have really had a just a huge capacity to sympathize with the story. You know, as, as soon as I got terminated from the University of Arizona last year, we had just an incredible outpouring of of empathy from people who recognize the injustice of that. And how that all happened, as Ken and Heather well know, is we were just at the forefront of some of the most controversial research happening at the U of A. And what was interesting is that this research really shouldn't be controversial. It was federally legal. We had FDA approval since April of 2011. And so even though we were federally regulated study and federally legal, we ran into, you know, one hurdle after another trying to get this work underway. And one of them that I didn't really expect was a tr tremendous amount of opposition from my own university, the, the same medical school where I graduated from and that I worked as a faculty member in excellent standing for seven years. But what happens is when you have the audacity to say you want to study whole plant marijuana on the campus, that puts you at odds with conservative administrators who are worried about the optics of having veterans smoking weed on campus. They didn't like the optics and they knew that the media would be following this research relentlessly and they just continue. Even though we achieved IRB approval, you know, we got the Institutional Review Board of the University of Arizona to approve our protocol back in October 2012. But even two years later, the U of A still refused to find us a space to work. And I would submit to you that if I was a, a you know, a, a scientist studying the life cycle of the earthworm, I would have had a lab space within a month after IRB approval, but because we were studying pot. And even though it was marijuana grown by the federal government and sold to us, it's still you know, they just couldn't wrap, the, the university couldn't wrap their head around how to do that. Or indeed, if you're trying to study heroin, your yes. study would have been approved long ago and you would have been, you know, fast on the track of finding whatever answers you were looking for. And that's the thing is that what I think happened, and correct me if I'm wrong, but from my perspective, I think the battle that had to be waged there, the cloud silver lining, Dr. Sisley, was the fact that I think it opened the eyes of other politicians and other policymakers to the point now where we have federal legislation pending that would open the doors for research. And perhaps you can even describe what happened recently when the president decided by way of executive order to loosen up some of the restrictions. And that's good news, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's incredible breakthrough. After, you know, two decades of battling with the government, we finally, Obama administration announced that they would be ending one of the most onerous blockades to marijuana research, which is this public health service review. The, the PHS review was this absurd, redundant 
review that occurs after we've already achieved FDA approval. Suddenly you have to go through this other review that doesn't have any timeline. So in our case, that review stonewalled the study for an additional three years for no reason. They didn't require any protocol changes. And yet during that those three years that the study was unable to be implemented, 24,000 veterans killed themselves in this country. And I wonder, could marijuana have helped curb this epidemic of veteran suicide? That's part of what we wanted to test in the study, you know, to understand. But um, and I think many veterans would say that their lives have been saved by marijuana. I think you guys have heard that over and over again from vets saying that this has been a life-saving intervention for them. And I think that's where we've been working hand in glove because at the same time we were able through the Arizona Cannabis Nurses Association and Nurse Heather to take the state of Arizona on and force the Department of Health by way of appellate review to add PTSD as a condition so that our veterans and others who suffer from PTSD can realize the immediate benefits while at the same time, we can get an FDA-type study done through your very capable and professional hands. And that's been a remarkable confluence, I think, of some very positive energy. Well, yeah, I mean, without you guys, yeah, your efforts are so critical because if we don't have cardholders in the state who, who are, you know, who have obtained a card for PTSD, you can't even do observational studies without that. So I really, I can't, I don't know if the state of Arizona really understands what a gift you've given them. You know, this is an incredible new dimension you've opened for vets to access the program and then to be able to collect clinical data on how they're responding to marijuana. Beautiful listeners, we're here with cannabis nurse Heather, and we're here sharing good news with Dr. Sue Sisley. We're going to take a break, but we'll be back right around the bend. See you in a minute. Good news with Nurse Heather will return, but first, let's show some love to our sponsors. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Gondrepreneur.com, your guide to the cannabis business world. Gondrepreneur.com is a comprehensive resource for cannabis professionals and entrepreneurs. Download the Gondrepreneur app on your smartphone or tablet to catch up on cannabis industry news, scroll through our daily job listings, and learn about successful cannabis companies, executives, and investors. Gondrepreneur.com, helping Gondrepreneurs grow. The smoke is rising, and the next crop of podcasts devoted to cannabis providers and enthusiasts are ready to be harvested. Welcome to the Cannabis Radio Network, founded by respected rainmakers who have been producing award-winning podcasts for over a decade. Industry headlines, business updates, medical reports, marketing, and e-commerce education rolled up perfectly for your consumption. Let's grow together. The Cannabis Radio Network. CannabisRadio.com. 
Nurse Heather is back to spread some more good news. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back, beautiful listeners. We're here again in the Mile High City. Good news with cannabis nurse Heather and our very special, lovely, wonderful, amazing guest, Dr. Sue Sisley, the amazing research doctor who's exploring the issue with now hopefully a federally approved study and funding from the state of Colorado into the issue of cannabis and its effectiveness in treating PTSD for our returning war heroes. Nurse Heather, take it away. Thank you, Kenny. You know, Sue, I've, I've definitely got some follow-up questions for you. We've been talking about your adversities that you have gone through trying to get this study underway and, and all that it's taken. And this is a good news show, so we're always trying to find the silver lining around these clouds, so to speak. So I would like to ask a couple of personal questions of you. Knowing that you've been through this adversity, knowing that you work with PTSD patients, how have you used positive coping skills in your own life to deal with these bumps in the road that you've been experiencing? I try to learn from all the dedicated people around me. I got to say, you two are prime examples of the embodiment of tenacity. And I think that's where, you know, we all know that we're on a really important mission here. And being able, I've been taking care of vets in my practice for 20 years now, and I feel so determined to get this, to be able to collect objective data for these veterans seems like the least I could do for them and all that they've done for our country. So maybe that's what keeps me motivated is that I I feel the weight of all of these vets on my shoulders. And I know you guys feel it too, that we, we know that we have to create a path for them to get safe legal access to lab tested marijuana. And in our case with the study, we have to, we have a duty to them to collect the most objective, unassailable data that could actually be eventually published in a peer reviewed medical journal, because that's the only way to really influence this mainstream medical community is get the data into journals that they read, that they value, you know, Lancet, New England Journal, we want to make, and the only way to do that is to have a very rigorous placebo-controlled trial. And so even though a lot of the vets have told me, hey, you know, we already know this plant works for us. We don't need to do this research. And I understand that approach, but I also know my colleagues in medicine, you know, years in nursing and everybody in and healthcare demands data. That's what we, we need to make decisions, public policy decisions based on data and not just on emotion and subjective reports. So as much as I believe these vets when they tell me that they are benefiting from this plant, I know that it's not going to advance the field or the advance the industry if we don't get real data for them, you know. You say that some of the vets say that they already know that it works for, for them, but, you know, these words on paper for medical professionals, it's actually life-saving for some patients because, as you said, medical professionals, they look at this at this data, they look at these studies and really do an evidence-based practice based on that. And, and to bring up another statistic, speaking of data, the 22 veterans per day that are committing suicide that's the statistic from the VA. You know, positive coping skills are essential. Having access to cannabis without stigma is essential. 
you know, you had said they need a pathway to be able to get safe access. And, and I say all the time that cannabis is a gateway. People say that cannabis is a gateway to this or that. And I say, yes, cannabis is a gateway. Cannabis is a gateway to health. And we've seen that as patients use cannabis, that they're able to have better coping skills. Have you seen that as well, Sue? Have you noticed a difference in coping skills based on cannabis use and not just just what you've seen from patients, not study-wise? Yeah, I, I think that's what really turned my head around was when I began observing firsthand the, the impact, you know, vets who were reluctantly disclosing to me that they were using the medicine were, were then reporting. And they also had a lot of collateral information from family members, even their kids, young kids who were saying that they they got their father back or their mother back after they started marijuana. And finally, they were they were tolerable to be around. They were functional again. They could participate in family affairs, family events without becoming panicky or enraged. Or uh, You guys know that I have never tried marijuana personally, and I'm not part of the industry, but I do recognize. So I started out very skeptical when vets began to uh, report to me they were using this. I was highly judgmental, which I really regret now because I could have had many years of learning much more about this plant from a lot of these vets who were trying to explain to me how this was working. But I was blocked, like many of the, the physician community is, because we don't have any opportunities to learn about the endocannabinoid system in our medical school and residency. Not one mention is made of the fact that every human body has an endocannabinoid system. And even though this discovery was made in the 80s and the, the endocannabinoid system was further elucidated throughout the 90s and that thereafter, Yet these medical schools, mainstream med schools, have never embraced this as part of their curriculum, which is really tragic. You're absolutely right, Sue. It's so frustrating that we cannot get this information into our medical schools as well as our nursing schools. You know, but there's another thing that I didn't learn about when I was going through school, and that's called, we talk a lot about PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. But when we come back from the break, I would like to talk to you about something called PTG, which is actually called post-traumatic growth. And I want to get your take on that. Yes, beautiful listeners, we have a little bit more time left with our amazing, wonderful guest, Dr. Sue Sisley and cannabis nurse Heather and I will be back with more good news right after the break. Good news with nurse Heather will return, but first, let's show some love to our sponsors. Your connection to quality cannabis insurance services is spelled K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R. That's Karcher Insurance. We have worked with ventures like cannabis for over 60 years. We're proud to represent over 50 companies with tailor-made cannabis plans for owners just like you to insure your product, your plants, and your pursuits. K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R spells out their full-service insurance services, ranging from commercial to bonds, to personal, from life to health, and more. Contact the team at KarcherInsurance.com and let our experience work for you. That's K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R Insurance.com. Contact Karen and the team at Karcher Insurance at 1-844-421-3560. That's 844-421-3560. 
educator, author, and advocate, Dr. Mitch Earlywine, is here to tackle the burning issues. And I'm here to clear up the myths about cannabis and burn them away with science. CannabisRadio.com presents a no-holds-barred platform that seeks to redefine and revolutionize the entire scope of the cannabis culture while opening the door for more to join the cannabis crusade. Dr. Kevin Hill. You can't ignore the fact that, like alcohol, most people who use don't have a problem. So I think that you need to think about policy in that way while educating people properly about marijuana. I think that's the way to go. Burning Issues, only on CannabisRadio.com. Ignite the conversation on some trending topics along the Cannabis Radio social media network. Join our crew of thousands on our Cannabis Radio page on Facebook or at Canna Radio, C-A-N-N-A Radio on Twitter. Plus, look for our Facebook and Google Plus pages for all of our original programs and connect with Dr. Dina, Kyle Cushman, Dr. Mitch Earlywine, Nurse Heather, Doc Rob, the host of Gondrepreneur, and more. Connect with the growing Cannabis Radio social crusade at Canna Radio on Twitter or search for Cannabis Radio on Facebook, Google Plus, and Instagram and grow with us. Nurse Heather is back to spread some more good news, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back, beautiful listeners, to Good News with Cannabis Nurse Heather and our very special guest, Dr. Sue Sisley. Up to now, we've talked about the amazing background, Dr. Sisley's trek through the research phase of getting approvals to study uh, cannabis and PTSD. And now we're about to launch into our last segment with Cannabis Nurse Heather and Dr. Sue Sisley. Hi, Sue. We were talking about coping skills in the last segment, and I had preluded into talking about post-traumatic growth. I said, we really do talk a lot about post-traumatic stress disorder, but I've been doing some studying and, and I found some really interesting information recently on this concept called post-traumatic growth. I was shocked by this, Sue. I have to tell you, I, as I was reading it, Ken is my witness. I'm going, this is huge. I can't believe I haven't heard of this before. But basically what post-traumatic growth is, is that they look at a person who's experienced a traumatic event and that they've used that event to propel their life in a better way. So for instance, you're in a car accident and maybe you weren't doing the best things in your life at that time, but you get in this car accident. It's almost like a life epiphany. And so you start saying life is really valuable to me. I don't want to waste another minute. And and they use trauma as a platform or a springboard to really elevate their lives and expand their lives in beneficial and positive ways. I love that concept. And I do, you know, occasionally we get to see a patient who adopts that approach and they probably didn't know I'm glad that they've given it a name now because I think we have been, I've been fortunate to see some patients adopt that strategy. And it is wonderful when you see somebody who can kind of reconstitute their experience and channel it into something extremely constructive like that. But it's tough. Usually folks are mired in, they're really beaten down by this. And so for them to emerge in that way by using that technique is really brilliant. And I think that's part of what I'm so curious about marijuana, because I think marijuana can empower patients to, to utilize those, that type of coping mechanism. Whereas other drugs that we pummel patients with all these PTSD sufferers end up 
getting put through the gauntlet of so many standard FDA approved meds that don't work and don't give them any possibility or, or empowerment to, to be able to seek out a strategy like that. Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting. You brought up a good point. There's actually some debate surrounding this post-traumatic growth concept. And, and some of the researchers are saying that it's actually a coping style of an individual. And others are saying that it is an outcome of coping with traumatic stress. And then others are saying that it's both. I don't know which way I feel about that. But I assume it's probably both. What do you think? <laughs> I Yeah, I think you're right. It's probably both. And it just sounds so healthy. It sounds like a much better way of contending with this than, you know, isolated, non-functional. That's usually what most of my patients that we start with, they start at that place. And it's really hard to get them to a place where they can instead embrace the trauma and, and reconfigure it into something it's something that fuels them to be, to live fully, to be better. So I, I love that idea. And I hope that it, we start to see that people talk about that more and study it more. Well, I'm going to be talking about it a lot. This is something that has excited me and it's really good news. Um, you know, th- there's actually a post-traumatic growth inventory, which is the scale that they use. I just wanted to tell you the five points that they're looking at. Number one, a greater appreciation for life. The second, closer relationships. Three, identification of new possibilities. Four, increased personal strength. And five, positive spiritual change. And so I find these very interesting And my question was going to be to you if you were going to be collecting any kind of data around those things in your study or if that's just something that's kind of out there on another limb. We don't have a method of doing that. This is an early phase. You know, it's a phase two FDA trial. So the important thing is now that you made me aware of this, I would love to be able to bring this into our phase three. In phase three, we'll be able to get more sophisticated with the measurement tools that we look at. So I'm glad you raised this. And who knows, by the time we get into phase three, there may be other measurement tools, including that one that we can utilize. So this is great. And it's right in line with the whole concept of your show here. Yeah. Speaking of measurement tools, Nurse Heather, this has been amazing. Dr. Cicely and Nurse Heather, you guys are awesome. But speaking of measurement tools, did you have a little story you were going to tell? Some good news about something happening in England to conclude our Oh, yeah. Oh, Sue, I have this story that I know you're going to love because I happen to know a little story about you myself with, with this. But anyway, let let me tell you this story. So there were these three teenage boys from England. They attend the Isaac Newton Academy, and they entered and won the UK's Teen Tech Awards. These students won because they created a concept called the Smart Condom. And this condom, have you heard of this, Sue? No. This condom changes colors when exposed to to common STDs. So... For instance, if it, it would glow green for chlamydia, yellow for herpes, purple for HPV, or blue for syphilis. But it's basically that the boys came up with the idea for this concept of using, or as we use in the cannabis world, the term infusing antibodies on the condom that would interact with the antigens of the STDs and would cause the condoms to change its color or luminescent hue, depending on the disease. And so I love this. I 
I just wanted to read a little quote from what the boys said. They said, we knew that STIs were a huge problem in the UK. We saw a gap in the market and we wanted to help people feel safer. We wanted to make something that made detecting harmful STIs safer than ever before so that people can take immediate action in the privacy of their own homes without the often scary procedures at the doctors. We've made sure we're able to give peace of mind to users and let people act even more responsibly than ever before and i love the name of this smart condom it's called the s-t-i-e-y-e because seeing is believing i guess and knowledge is power don't you think sue (laughs) i love it that is perfect well there you go assuming we can keep our pg-13 rating after that (laughs) thanks for joining us listeners out there we've had a wonderful time with the esteemed dr sue sisley thank you so much for joining us On behalf of Cannabis Nurse Heather, this has been Good News. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Good News with Nurse Heather. You can download past episodes of our program by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and very soon on iHeartRadio. Also, you can follow the show on Facebook and Google. For Cannabis Nurse Heather, this is Canna Kenny signing off. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.